Hi, I'm Dom. And I'm Liam. Welcome to the Comfort Podcast. Thank you to everyone that has listened so far. We've had two episodes with Love is a Dying Plant and Conformist. Uh, it's been a little while in between, so we apologize for that. We, um, we would have liked to get a couple of more episodes out sooner with the last two tracks that have come out in Supernova and Grace. But uh, life gets in the way. Liam got a little bit sick. Almost died. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that might be an exaggeration. Well, we, we, we could die every day, you never know. That's true. Um, we also went on a tour, and uh, that takes up a lot of time, not just when you're driving and playing shows, but organising the whole thing. Because like, we're a small band, we don't have a manager, we manage ourselves, and um, all the organisation falls on us. So things get in the way, and we forget to record podcasts or don't have time, and this happens. So thank you for the wait and hopefully it's worth it. This episode is all about the third song we dropped called Supernova featuring AJ Podomo of The Dangerous Summer. He's a, a big idol of ours actually and, and someone that we have looked up to and listened to for at least probably 12 plus years now with their first record and um, even even their second record, War Paint, which is a personal favourite record of mine and I think Liam's also. Yeah, I remember you and I talking about them when we were in your garage like 10 years ago trying to write music for our first band and talking about The Dangerous Summer. And yeah, right. I, I actually don't remember that, but I remember the very first time I heard them was you showed me them on vinyl, actually, um, on a friend's record player in, uh, her, yeah. in her room, just like, like, hey, I think you'd really like this. I know you're not super into pop punk, but this is a record you're <laughs> really going to like. And then kind of since then, it's become one of my all-time favorite records i took it with me on on tour in new zealand when i was like 18 and it was like the only thing i was listening to in the van on repeat so it's got like some very special memories for me and it was very cool to have aj on a track yeah i think they they became a pretty key influence and reference point for our band and our writing uh style going forward from when we were young because not too many bands sound like um we do and they do i guess and yeah i think pretty aligned kind of thinking um with them and yeah for sure and i suppose something that separates the dangerous summer from other pop punk pop punk bands is the um maybe like the the guitar leads that they yeah, have exactly. it's, it's very much like that spacey um the edge or angels and airwaves dotted delays are very much a signature of theirs and something that we have always been drawn to and subsequently put it in our music as well mm. and yeah it just it feels like a very obvious fit to have aj on a song and a song that definitely leans more in that uh direction pure music wise and especially yeah those guitars that dom just talked about yeah absolutely and and i guess um that ties into how supernova kind of became its own track is is we were we started listening to their record mother nature when it came out and from the very first track with blind ambition it just got this like driving sort of drum beat and and like very vibey guitar that's mm. just this this sort of like you just want to take it for a drive it's like a summer record like like they yeah. talk about well um, I, i'm pretty I, I don't know if this is the exact order it came in but I remember I went to Marcus's place one day to write a song and I had this guitar bit that was very um, dangerous summary or yeah that kind of very stabby um, Angel and Airwaves delay guitar and I took it to him and we tried to write something and it did not work 
at all. Um, and then I think Marcus kind of kept that vibe going and then a week or two later sent us what was Supernova and uh, fully realised a uh, good version of what him and I were trying to do. Um, so I take half the credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> Where Well, um, I-, I guess Marcus had a big hand in writing this one. He, he wrote... I'd, I'd say when you're talking about the music, he, he mm. wrote at least 90%, upwards of 90% of the music, um, excluding drums. And I guess he even had the bare bones of the drums there before handing it off to Isaac. Mm. And it's probably worth mentioning that the drums on this track that Isaac did write are absolutely incredible. Yeah, one of... Yeah, this and, and funnily enough, the, the next single, Grace, probably two of my favourite, two in the top three drum-wise on this record. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Yeah, um, he, yeah. Isaac has a way of. Uh, I guess he has a tendency where he he can play a song and have all of these very jazzy and spiced up sort of sections without taking away from the moment. Mm. And I think this and Grace, but Supernova in particular, is is perfect for that because it's a song that um, it has space and it breathes, yeah. but the drums are are busy and very flary at the same time. He's a bit of a show-off like that. <laughs> <laughs> Although he wouldn't admit it. Yeah, he probably would. For <laughs> drums only. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I guess we can dive straight into um, talking about the lyrics of Supernova, where if you put a percentage on it, I'd say you wrote in the 80 to 90% mark with I only wrote like a handful of lines. Yes. Well, I gave you, I think... When I had everything but a bridge, and then I think I gave you the first line of the bridge, and was like, "I want to, I want this line to be in here. Can you finish it off?" Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, what you ended up doing was really sick, and then we got AJ to sing it, which made it even better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what what was what started this song off for you lyrically? Like, what was the one thing that um, you kind of like? Because I know sometimes the way you write a song is you'll have like a, a one line you're really excited about and you almost build a song yeah, around that. And 100%. that feels like something that would have happened with Supernova. Yeah. Well, I think it was kind of two separate ones. I think it was the first three or first kind of two lines, the I'll drive into the night, sing along to Champagne, Supernova, Where Were You While We Were Getting High. It, I, it, this song was kind of different for me in a lot of ways because I wouldn't. That's a. I don't always like songs that kind of are self-aware of themselves. Like I like songs that are kind of just. Like for example, in a song, if like a a big pop song saying like, sing this with me. Yeah, like, like within the track. Exactly. And, and yeah, hundred like, yeah. percent. So it's like um, a fall. It's like a fourth wall moment. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly yeah. it. And this was kind of, I guess, pushing. Um, that a little bit for me, but it was just it just kind of was more vibe. But like one of my kind of favorite things to do, and somewhere something that makes me feel really free of uh, I guess the world and responsibility is when I'm driving, and I really like like driving at night. It's really quiet, peaceful, and there's kind of like I can't be doing anything else right now because I'm driving a car and I'll kill people if I'm you know doing whatever else so it for me it's somewhere that kind of frees up my mind because my hand and um you know conscious brain is a bit distracted driving um 
and I think both of us even write lyrics a lot when we're driving because yeah. I think it's that thing where you're a bit um, distracted so your subconscious kind of starts roaming a little bit and I was kind of in a very big oasis uh, obsession for a couple months. I think there. we all were at this stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we we're talking about covering Champagne Supernova li- yes. live and then yeah. the next thing you put it in a song. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. can't do that anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it was just kind of like that and the vibe. A lot of it was just down to the vibe of the song as well. Mm. Um, and I just, yeah, kind of wanted to lean a bit more into, I guess, vibe on this. Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, there's there's other stuff and there's a lot of meaning uh, in it. But yeah, that... Um, w- would you say that... Well, well what came first? Did, so Marcus has the, the shell of the music with this and then or, or gives us like a nearly done track... Do you then write these first lines over the top of that? Or is this something you had in your notes like prior to this? I honestly cannot remember, but I think it was pretty close. Um, that like kind of both happened at the same time. I may yeah. have had... Yeah, I may have already had those first three lines for something just in my notes, like yeah. not even in the mind of like a particular music. Because and... to be honest, it, it feels like a song where the music almost like tells you how to write it yeah exa- exactly and that's it felt i think when yeah as soon as kind of i heard this song i was like oh this would be kind of perfect for that and even the um even the the lyrics themselves or i mean like not mine but the the oasis lyrics where were you while we were getting high kind of informed a lot of the vibe for the rest of the song mm. um because that line to me um, not in like a literal way, um, but sometimes literal. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like for me, it's it symbolizes a different type of culture and living, more so around you know experience mm-hmm. and you know where were what were you doing? Um, you know, while you know if you if you play music and if you're trying to be in a band, you don't. Well, you might do it on top of. But typically, you're trying to escape or push past, you know, the nine to five culture. Yep. And so it's kind of like, it's just saying, yeah, that there's there's things to experience, and I think that is, you know, when you look back on your life, you kind of, at least I do. I don't want to think that I've not tried something or missed out on something, be it like something I'm doing with music yeah. or even just seeing something that's on the other side of the world that I want to see or whatever it may be and it's kind of like you know I guess it's a bit dicky in a way but it's you know it's just there's people that think they need to be really straight laced and yeah yeah I see what you mean because it's like um I guess Oasis in that line have really nailed the um symbolism of counterculture Mm. to say like well, we've been having all these great experiences. What have you been doing? Yeah, I guess. exactly. And, That's and exactly, yeah, it is, yeah, it is. It can be dicky, especially when you take into account who the Gallagher brothers are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's kind of insane. Well, yeah, the song, the sweet songs that they write, and then yeah. you see them, and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> you're the biggest dick in the world. Um, but no, I love uh, love both of their attitudes. But um. Yeah, I, I guess it, it, it just kind of informed this trying to live a, a like a, a conscious 
mm-hmm. life where you're you're thinking about what's what's imp- what's actually important and what's meaningful i mean in a in a very real personal way i'm in a fairly odd personal situation at the moment but a lot of my thinking is around like what am i what use of my time is actually creating a lot of meaning because mm-hmm. um, we have this very capitalistic society and uh, a lot of it is based around we're only valuable if we're, um, you know, being used for labor in a, in a sense. So, yeah. um, like, so for like, I, I've kind of been, I've been having this conversation with a couple of people, but it's like, am I providing more value, you know, working at my nine to five job, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, that is, you know, earning a living and whatever, um, propaganda word, buzzwords you want to use, or do I provide more value, not bringing a shitload of money into the economy via our band, but, you know, we get messages from people all around the world being like, oh, hey, I didn't kill myself because of Deprime or yeah, yeah. whatever thing like that. And for me, like, just one of those connections is worth more than, you know, a year's working at a soulless corporate job. Um, yeah. And, f- like, and for me, that it's no question for a lot of people that it, it's, uh, for some reason, it's more valuable to create um, capital, but... Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess that's uh, also like a defining feature between the Oasis-style counterculture we're talking about and, and what what is seen as like the um, desired life of mm. working 9 till 5, going home, watching TV till you go to bed and then getting up and doing the same thing the next day and living for a weekend. Yeah. Um, I guess the question really is like... Um, the question, I guess, is kind of like... Is there, like, you're going to provide value to two people immediately, maybe, with, with working a nine-to-five job, earning your money, coming home and putting food on the table, and you're, like, working to live instead of um, providing value through your creativity and, and making people all around the world feel understood and seen. Um, and I guess that's something that doesn't really get spoken about is that a lot of people that do reach out to musicians and and to us um they do come to us saying like oh you've actually maybe not in these words i'm paraphrasing but you've actually made me feel like i have thoughts that everyone else has Mm, rather than i'm the only one experiencing this this feeling right now and yeah that's i feel like that's i mean that was a goal of i guess the band starting because that was what music was to me and and you as well like um you know certain people aren't catered to through mainstream culture so it like for me finding our style of music was a massive like oh i'm not the only person that thinks this way or whatever it is and um and you know it becomes its own community where then you meet people through the type of music you like and um you know, whatever it is, but you've got to, you know, um, stay true to what you are or you're not going to be appealing to anyone you want to be appealing to. Yeah, um, for sure. And um, we can talk about the chorus, but it sort of, it speaks for itself. So I want to talk about the second verse first, mm-hmm. where 
you say it's been a long year in time and space i became undone so apart from your obsession with space and, <laughs> and, and time and physics and time space and whatnot <laughs> what does that what does that mean to to become undone i mean honestly it a whole lot of it is vibe to be 100 percent honest with you um but it, it just it also means in like every is kind of the point was it it like in a totality sense like it mm. um became undone completely at the core yeah and um i guess to to put this into context for people that probably wouldn't realize some timelines but you would have written these lyrics the same year that pain came out so when we release pain it's a um essentially like a a suicide note in a song that you were going Mm. through a really really difficult time um and had kind of come out of the other side of that despite never ever really being able to get through that entirely it's something a lot of people just live with Mm. but these lyrics are to to me seem like a reflection on that time in your life and that year yeah for sure um yeah 100 percent. it was uh it was a really rough time for a thousand different reasons that um have uh, some of which have only just come clear in you know the last kind of nine months which you know of but it was it really was like uh, a relationship ended um a a really long one the band released our debut album that you know we've talked about a thousand times so I won't go into that too much but it it felt like uh, a bit of a big loss of opportunity there Mm-hmm. And um, I was in this very extreme burnout, which I n- now know more reasons for. It was, yeah, it was an extreme low point. Like maybe in terms of my overall life, one of the lowest points ever um, in that, you know, it felt like several really big stages of my life kind of fell apart all at the same time Mm -hmm. whilst I was already not doing great um, because I yeah was in kind of extreme burnout that led me to essentially be uh, suicidal for like two years straight um, and obviously resulted in me writing pain which was essentially a suicide note Um, and then we kind of went into yeah the band it just it felt really i mean it was you know it was depression on steroids and just kind of there was there was nothing kind of in my life going well um just kind of coincidentally because of the the things that all went bad at once um so it's it was yeah just the 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 totality of that is was what i was trying to get across um, that it wasn't like kind of one thing it was just like everything and the nature of the things as well like it was um, you know physical stuff that was like tangible things and just like mindset and feeling completely lost um, purpose wise and yeah it, it was um, it wasn't great but uh it was, I guess this song is kind of like 
whilst like I guess whilst this is happening and um, to kind of go into the chorus as well it's while this is happening not kind of getting lost in the feeling of it and uh, trusting that even though it is kind of like the the worst spot ever um, you know there's because of the way I think pretty black and white sometimes it, you know that can either be a a bad thing or it can be turned into a strength over time and what I'm trying to do is um, you know a lot of people don't like to think this way and I understand that but the way my brain works I can't it has to be I'm a very um, zero or a hundred kind of person so for me it's like everything has gone to shit the way I've handled things in the past um, may not have been the best I can the, the two choices are make it worse by inaction and wallowing in your own self-pity or you know you kind of stay the course and take as much control and responsibility as you can or else it's going to get worse and at that point it's only up to you whether it's going to get worse or better um, and you kind of at least for me I have to stay in that mindset or else I let things slip um, so I've kind of got a you know something it, I mean it, it I probably talked about it before but it, it started with the um, the ayahuasca uh, journeys I did um, I got this overwhelming sense of responsibility that I had to carry it's up to you now yeah, yeah. and like just everything um, and like everything and I can't allow any other thoughts to kind of creep in um, because of the just the way I'm not very good at doing things half-assed um, so it, yeah it was just like kind of reminding myself of that that I can pull myself out of it um, and if I don't then it's just going to get worse so either I do kill myself or I try to um, yeah I try to improve things and you know it's it's just it's kind of like pure meditation on a macro level, like just mm -hmm. sitting with everything that happens, letting, you know, letting the feelings wash through you, um, not trying to distract yourself because like it, that just extends the time frame of dealing with stuff. And because, um, because of my, uh, brain makeup, the way I think about things is quite full on, and sometimes takes me a while and I, I, you know, I like to really deal with everything and every feeling um, and think about stuff. So it's kind of just like sit with this, don't make bad decisions to distract yourself and just kick the can down the road of feeling this shit out because, um, yeah. you know, you've been in these situations before in your life. This is the time to do it properly and put into practice, you know, everything you've learned and, um, build your life back in a way you want to. And, you know, uh, where I am now, what, even though there's some really weird things going on that I never thought there would be, um, where I am now from that period is, um, just very, very, very different. Um, because yeah, I, I made sure I made decisions like, 
logical, critical thinking decisions, not I'm lonely, let's get on the fucking dating apps and distract myself. You know, I was like, no, I need to, like, fix my shit before I bring it to someone else. Yeah, and and I guess that um, is exactly what you say in the chorus, and like I said before, how it speaks for itself, but you've explained it in exactly the way it happened in your Mm. life, like sitting with being lonely destroyed you so you so you had to sort of like learn to be with yourself and love yourself and and come out (laughs) of the other side as a a different person yeah um and even in that verse too it 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 sort of makes me feel like this is the song you've written once you've taken the positives away from what's made you write pain yeah so it's like i've sat through all of these things and they, it's been a horrible time. It's like all awful emotions and awful experiences. But what positive can I still take from this? Yeah, 100%. And life's really confusing in that way where like, you know, it's there's kind of like two ways of thinking of it. There's like that very stoic philosophy kind of way in which, you know, everything that is a struggle improves us. And in a lot of ways, I agree with that, like, that it's literally the only way you improve by going through things. Um, but at the same time they can be, you know, there's also like the, the kind of modern psychology way, which is like in that, in response to that, like, no, my traumas didn't like strengthen me. They damaged me. And there's, it's a pretty fine line between those two. And a lot of it is mindset. And like, sometimes I'm like, you know, I really wish I didn't go through a lot of the things I did. And then other times I'm like, but then I wouldn't be who I am and have the knowledge I am. And yeah, it's being, it's being able to accept that you did rather than wish it didn't happen Yeah, and move on from that and take whatever positives you can from it. Yeah. 100%. And like everything and trying to treat everything like, like a learning experience or as, as if it's a literal game like how like kind of like putting yourself in a different situation and like literally looking at it like you're getting marked or scored on this thing so it's like how's the best possible way like the best version of me would handle a situation and like is it giving into my you know kind of like base level evolutionary driven emotions or is it kind of rising above that and looking at it in a long-term yeah sense yeah for sure um i guess in that verse too you very clearly reference our first record what it is to be and and how that record was really us trying to figure out like you and i trying to figure out um what we're here as humans to do, what our mm. evolutionary purpose was, and then how to rise above that and be, I, I suppose, for lack of a better term, evolve again and, and become like an elevated species mm. of helping others, I guess. Yeah. Um, and what it is to be is a very clear... You said, I'm still trying to figure out what it is to be, but you've also said you've got to find your pain and let it guide you to who you should become. Is that a pain reference as well? Um, I think there was just, like, in very honest way, there was, I think there was just a 
bit of time there where I was just writing about pain a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it just kind of... I have wondered whether it was like, a, th- this is a deliberate reference or like, you, you speak about pain. As, something, as thing. Something's kind of like, oh, I did... It's like both. Yeah. It doesn't start that way and then it's like, oh, I can say it's, yeah. you know, yeah. it is. But it's just kind of like more that same kind of, yeah, similar mindset um, and really focusing on, yeah, as I literally said, kind of, you know, you you need to look at yourself and figure out firstly what you're feeling and then why you're feeling it and generally speaking the uncomfortable emotions are the things that you should follow uh to improve yourself like you're getting these kind of signals for a reason and the more you ignore them the worse they get and the worse you become Mm. so it's like it's yeah just not trying to avoid or delay a, a, a feeling and um yeah just just using that to direct you and fill in the gaps of who you are for sure yeah moving on from the lyrics this is to me probably one of your best vocal performances you've done true um just the way your voice sounds through those verses is like it just feels so intentional and, and it's like you've reached a new level of vocal performance do you want to speak to that and how that how that sort of well i mean about uh honestly this is one of this is one of the ones i'm more self-conscious of my voice on right um is it because it's outside of your comfort zone in the way that you have to deliver it yeah a little bit uh mostly the very start of the song yeah um because i remember at one point you sort of pushed for me to sing a little bit more of it and I was like, nah, I think we should split these. Actually, yeah, I think I said you probably need to sing all of it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I guess I did end up singing a little bit because I, as little as I possibly could uh, whilst still getting my ego hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was obviously no way I could sing that chorus um, as you do. Um, but no, I think... Yeah, I think, well, one, I think this was, I think vocally a really important thing is literally just confidence. And um, uh, we were kind of, in one sense, for me, I was, whilst recording this album, um, was in, I think, one of the better periods I'd been in my life from Mm -hmm. memory, um, or I had a lot of, um, focus on this and I think just the this because of writing this record that we didn't maybe think we were going to and it being really good um, in our opinion um, I was yeah I was just personally in a, in a good spot when it came to recording and then something you and I speak about heaps is um, our producer Jimmy Alexander um, just kind of instilling a lot of confidence in us uh at the time and it being just a a really good environment to record vocals in um just feeling really comfortable and i mean for me because i'm not that confident with singing um it it really and like i'm 
not an idiot and I'm aware that I have limitations. Um, so having, yeah, having Jimmy kind of just make it a really comfortable light mood where we could try stuff and, um, just super encouraging, I think really helped as well. But I think again, there's just so much room for vibe on this song as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and we spent a lot of time trying to get that, a lot of the phrasing right and, yeah, I don't know, it just kind of, I think everything clicked a bit. I do, like, I do like my voice in the second verse. Um, I think that's because I don't try to hold um, any words or notes as much as I do in the first verse. Um, when you first told me about the way you'd written this, I think you actually said, I think I've written the best verses I've ever written, but I don't think I can sing them. All right. <laughs> Actually, I, I do think I remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I only just remember that now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I'm glad you did in <laughs> the end. The last thing really to talk about with Supernova is the feature with AJ from The Dangerous Summer. Yeah, um, I honestly can't fully remember why we decided to do it other than it's a song that's basically a Dangerous Summer song. Um I sort of can. So I wrote this bridge um, melodically, and I guess some of the lyrics, um, and I tracked it with Jimmy, tracked the whole thing, and we went... Um, no, I think I tracked the pre-pro with Jimmy. Mm. And then I was singing it like AJ because it was like I'd written this part to be like an AJ Podomo-style part. And when we heard it back, we are like, sounds good, but... Why don't we just see if AJ will do it? <laughs> mm. And from there, sent off the emails, and he was really encouraging, actually. And yeah, it was because um, yeah, you never know, I guess. Don't meet your idols. Yeah, and how <laughs> and how kind of maybe transactional it could be. But he was yeah, really like not like yep, yeah, I'll sing that. See ya, send it through. It was um, he he was really excited by the song and. Um, even particularly again said how good the drumming was but um yeah he uh, then you know did his thing and yeah i mean honestly i'm still every now and then just like can't believe we have aj on a song mm. um because you know he, he probably like one of the only one of like the only bands i still care about and actively yeah. want to keep up to date um, with what they're doing because you know AJ especially lyrically is a, you know just influences us a lot um, and yeah just a really sick thing um, I'm, I'm yeah I'm stoked to the song we both sing on it's vibey and it it just felt like the perfect section because it was kind of like the only thing missing from the song and then because I was like before you did that I was like I, do, I just couldn't figure out anything for it and was like do we just not have any vocals there and then fucking glad you yeah then wrote this section um and a lot of like a lot of the lyrics kind of it was one of the only times i think we changed kind of lyrics on the go while we were trying to um yeah when we were trying to record that. the kind of like the demo vocals for it because um sometimes this thing happens where you you write it down and kind of only have it in your head and then you walk up to sing it and you're like oh this doesn't work <laughs> and you got to change um how many syllables are in things so um 
but yeah, it's just a, a really another cool thing. Um, uh, a, a lot of it was kind of just like getting ages, like something cool you can look back on as well that we have one yeah. of our heroes singing on, you know, a song that I think even for the whole band is probably um, up there as a all time comfort song. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites for sure. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess when, when we, <laughs> one thing that's probably funny to talk about is when, when I got up and sung the, what you do follows from what you are, listen and feel it in your heart. We all went, is that too lame? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it or not. <laughs> and but, then we um, went, I think AJ will like lame. <laughs> yeah. It kind of, it's one of those things where it's like, it's, it's hard to write down, but it, it just kind of fit. Yeah. Um, and kind of lean into the um, genuine kind of listen to who you are from the inside and yeah just not kind of worry what it sounds like and it just kind of just fit and yeah we made AJ sing it (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got a message when we released this from like a high school friend of mine um, saying congratulations releasing a song with AJ is probably the coolest thing anyone I ever know has done <laughs> <laughs> so that was really nice That's to it. shout out to Matt for that oh. <laughs> yeah it, he's one of those guys where because the, the Dangerous Summer I think maybe a bit like us where we're a band's band yep. where like even though the Dangerous Summer aren't the biggest band and probably missed hitting their their peak like they maybe could have which happens to some bands they're like yeah they're just one of those bands that other musicians know because of how like legit and good they are and they're just so undeniably good that it yeah it's not even like a it, it feels like it's past the point of subjectivity with a band like the dangerous Summer. yeah, it's like yeah they're objectively sure. a good band mm. um and maybe not maybe not like the strongest or on anything with like not the strongest on vocals not the strongest on guitars not the strongest on lyrics but all of them are so close to being that that together it's just undeniably good Mm. yeah i think we're ready to wrap this one up um so thanks to everyone who's listened so far we did want to have a question section but we forgot about it until this morning and there's been a couple of questions come through that are not not really worth just diving into two so later we've decided we'll do a question and answer podcast itself and we'll talk about everything to do with this record and the last record and and uh the love ep even go see peer there's some people out there that are still listening to that um but that's for future so thank you very much for having us yeah thank you guys um yeah, hope you hope you like this song as well. Oh, pre-order the record, yeah, please. please. <laughs> it comes out November eleventh on Grayscale Records, so you can pre-order it uh, from the Grayscale store online the, the, or uh, the Artist First store online. Or there's well. even the twenty four hundred have one of the vinyl variants as well. So make sure you collect them all, because um, <laughs> the only reason we're in a band is to be able to get our own vinyls. So yeah, pretty looking vinyls. It's like a gotta catch them all kind of exactly vibe um experience everything live and die it'll be available everywhere november 11th streaming everywhere but yeah grab a vinyl they look really pretty i can't wait to see them in person thank you very much